Hi, I'm the producer of A Public Affair, Jade Isiri Ramos. If you enjoy the show, I hope you'll consider supporting the station. We take donations all year long at wortfm.org. Thanks. Six foot six above sea level. I grab the mic because I like to take you to another mental level. Low power frequency radio modulation. Good afternoon and welcome to A Public Affair. I am your substitute host for the hour, Jade Isiri Ramos. Now, before we get started, I just want to point out that today's show is pre-recorded, which means we will not be taking calls during the hour. At the time that I'm recording, recently Dane County and the city of Madison both became official sanctuaries for trans and non-binary people. And in honor of that, I'm very excited to talk to today's guest. H. Mel is a poet, artist, and educator whose work celebrates trans people, history, and culture. They are the author of The Plural, the Blurring, and the editor of Subject to Change, Trans Poetry and Conversation. H. Melt was an artist in residency in the Newberry Library researching the Chicago Protest Collection. They attended the Lambda Literary Writers Retreat and Tin House Writers Workshop. Today, they are joining me to talk about their uh, collection titled There Are Trans People Here, which was published in 2021. The book was featured in Autostraddle, BuzzFeed, Chicago Reader, among other publications. Welcome to the program, H. Mount. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, okay, so this book, like I mentioned in the intro, was published in 2021. Can you like take me back to like who you were when you were writing this book? When I was writing this book, I was in search of trans joy. I was in desperate need of trans care and I was moving away from a place of sort of difficulty in my everyday life and moving towards more freedom um, and more security and feeling more present in my body and, and who I am in the world um and within my my communities so i i started this book really just wanting to look around me and understand where joy was coming from where it was not coming from <laughs> and really honor the people in my life who have cared for me and continue to care for me because that was not really centered in conversations around trans existence mm -hmm. and trans narratives. Um, no one was really talking about trans joy. And it's funny to now be reflecting on that two years later where I think it has become more central um, to conversations around trans liberation, um, but joy and happiness are not the same thing. And um, I'm much more interested in the pursuit of joy than happiness. Mm. What? It, uh, can you break that down? Like, what? What do you? What do you mean when you say joy and happiness aren't the same thing? Yeah, I think happiness is an individual and often temporary, short-lived gratification and feeling and experience. Um, joy, to me, feels so much more all-encompassing. Um, it feels more collective. And it feels like something that you can share with other people. Um, and joy doesn't have to sort of exist on its own, I feel, in the way that happiness sometimes does. Um, there can be a bit more complexity mm. to joy and to experiences of joy. And um, there's sort of a balance of both joy and grief in this book, and they don't negate each other. Yeah, I, I think that makes sense. I think that um, when I was reading through your poems, um, almost every single one of them has that like level of complexity, a level of um, like hardness or misunderstanding mixed in with really like joyful um, 
beautiful moments. There's like anger in some of your poems. Um, there's like being seen in some of your poems. Um, and I think maybe we should just start by having you read um, your the first poem in this book, which is also the namesake of the poem. Um, would you mind reading that that first poem for me? Yeah, so this poem, There Are Trans People Here, is after Jamal May. And like you said, it's, it's the opening poem of the book. There are trans people here. So many trans people here is what I am trying to say. When they say we are all trapped in the wrong body, imposter, impossible, no. We are on the bus next to you, in the cubicle next to you, in the checkout line next to you. Some of us are sex workers teachers, artists, nurses, homeless, unemployed, and hungry too. We are as real and complicated as anyone else. But they won't stop murdering, stop legislating, stop imprisoning, stop claiming we are ruining our countries, families, friendships, and futures too, when every day we awaken to build them anew. Thank you. If you're just tuning in, that is H. Melt, a poet, artist, and educator whose work celebrates trans people, history, and culture. Um, we're talking today about their book, There Are Trans People Here, and that uh, first title, that first poem was titled the same thing. Um, H. was that, what came first, the title of this book or that poem? No, the poem came way before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when did it, when, when did you write it? Many, many years ago. Um, probably about a decade ago, mm. uh, roughly. Yeah, the, the, the poem came way before. I mean, the title of the book didn't come until um, kind of when I signed my book contract mm. um, a couple of years before the book came out. Yeah. Um, well, I really like it. And I um, I think I, I, I like the, the title and I like the, the cover of this book. Um, you know, I didn't realize until today, no, yesterday when I was prepping for this interview, um, all the portraits that are behind so that the 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 for, for listeners this is horrible because it's a radio program and i'm talking about something very visual um but you have a computer you can look up what this this book looks like um there is black text with like a sort of pink doodle around it bubbling and then um the background of the the cover is all purple um but if you look closely there are portraits um among it and i like the I was really like, oh, there, there are trans people here on the cover of this book as well. Um, so it's really Indeed. great. Yeah. And on the inside. And on the uh, inside. Yeah. So those portraits are from a collage that was created by Chris Vargas, who created something called the Museum of Transgender History and Culture. And making this giant collage of a couple of hundred different trans and gender non-conforming folks um, was a project that they initiated. And so that's where this conglomeration of all these different trans people um, come together. That's where that mm -hmm. came from. Yeah. Um, speaking of the, the cover of your book, I was sort of thinking about how it's so um it's like if stealth is reading a comic book like within a textbook this is just like the opposite of that right it's really like oh if i'm holding this book and i'm like you know sitting on the bus or i'm like reading it in the library like people know what i'm reading um i noticed your other your other books are i mean like your so your other books are like clearly like queer but they're like you could 
almost not see them as that. Um, was there like intentionality or was it just it just happened to to have it such a, a bold, bright statement that there are trans people here? Yeah, you know, before this book came together as a collection and that became the title for the whole book, um, there was actually a poster that me and the same artist who did the cover, River Kerstetter, made together. And that poster has made its way onto the walls of many different trans people's homes all across the country. And um, the presence and like popularity of that poster just has been so affirming to so many people because it's not a question, it's a very affirmative factual statement and it's not disputable like mm -hmm. you can't debate that there are trans people here like, it's, <laughs> um, it's not an objective you, statement yeah it, it's not up for debate and it's undeniable and it's bold and it's unapologetic and it's it's still factual right mm -hmm. it's not opinion um and so i think that that gives the book and um whoever's reading it, even if they're not trans themselves, right? They're holding a book that is designed by, written by, and contains the names and stories of so many different trans people from throughout time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you Speaking of the, the people throughout time, you dedicate the book to uh, trans ancestors, tr uh, elders, and mentors. Um, I guess what does it what does it look like to know who's who's like shoulders are are boosting you up who's who's holding you up um so that you can have you know a published book titled there are trans people here that are in you know is in my local bookstore Yeah I mean I'm in the lineage of so many incredible radical revolutionary people just last night i was talking with miss major interviewing her about her brand new book miss major speaks um which is essentially an oral history of her life and she is one of the people who i've always looked to um whose politics and actions and political organizing and just her personality, um, everything about her just resonates um, with me and, and a lot of other trans people, especially folks who are abolitionists. And um, she is, you know, essentially a mother of the trans movement and I got to speak to her a little bit about motherhood and um, how motherhood just really came very naturally to her. And it was just incredible. I mean, like, these people aren't hypothetical. <laughs> they're, yeah. you know, they're real people. And um, being able to connect with them, not just in theory or not just writing about them, but actually having a practice of interviewing people and talking with them and reviewing their work and, um, you know, sharing why their work is important to you um, is so, like, essential and life-giving. Um, yeah, the, her new book's called Miss Major Speaks. Yeah. Yeah. Putting it on my, my reading list right now. Um, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to A Public Affair on WORT 89.9 FM Madison. I'm your host, Jade Isiri Ramos, and with me is poet H. Melt. They're the author of The Plural, The Blurring, and the book that we're talking about today, There Are Trans People Here. What, um, what other authors have you, have you had the chance to, I guess, like, what has your work opened the door to like other interviews that you've got to do with other queer and trans folks? Yeah, so the trans poetry anthology that I edited subject to change that came out with Sibling Rivalry Press in 2017 was really important 
me because it was not just a collection of poems by trans writers, but there's also in-depth long interviews with every single one of them. And that practice of, again, not just appreciating people for the work and art that they put into the world, but getting to know them more deeply and on a more personal level and being able to ask questions of them and you know, work with them, not just once, but over a period of time and engage with people's bodies of work, um, as well as see them at different points in their life and, and in their careers. That's what keeps us alive. Like that's what keeps a, a community going is supporting each other in whatever ways that we can. And for me, that's often through writing, mm -hmm. through literature. Um, and that's kind of the angle that I've been able to, to connect with so many other trans artists and writers, um, both peers and elders and younger folks as well. Yeah, um, I want to get I want to get into the the younger folks a little bit later in the program. But um, I one thing I really appreciate about your book is that it is really geared at an educational um, angle to really um, help people get the history that they might not be receiving um, in their traditional education. So <laughs> we'll more on that later. Um, but I was hoping you could read one of my favorite poems in the book, um, the at the Chicago Marathon. Yeah, absolutely. At the Chicago Marathon. A woman drapes the Canadian flag over a barricade. I dangle the trans flag and she asks, what country is that? When Logan rounds the corner with his sister by his side, I hand him the trans flag. He wraps it around his new chest like a cape. As he flies through the city, beaming with pride. I think what I really love about that piece is this, um, like, I don't, I don't think, I'm, I mean, okay, I'm not someone who runs. I'm not a runner. I don't, I don't like get it. Like, I don't understand. I don't get it. I'm not a runner. Um, but I could feel those like, dueling senses of accomplishment that like Logan was experiencing in your poem right this like in many ways his body was taking him past the finish line um and and draped in the cape and I just I don't know I really love it I love the like humor of someone seeing a trans flag and saying like oh what country is that um it's it's really beautiful I really thank you for that that piece yeah, you know, in in the context too of the Chicago Marathon, you know, it's one of the the big marathons that people from all around the world come to compete in. And so there's tons and tons of flags from countries all over. Um and so I was kind of an outlier. You know, he had asked me to bring a trans flag. Um I wasn't just doing that on my own. But I also think um, one of the beautiful parts of the poem to me is his sister also being by his side and, um, you know, having that familial support, um, even in something as simple as like a, a sporting competition, right? Like <laughs> just, just running throughout the city side by side um, is really beautiful to me. Yeah, we were talking earlier about... Um care and I think there's this this thing like we don't I think at large we don't often like talk intimately about each other's bodies right that's like not something um that is like socially acceptable to do but um like I have a lot of uh specifically um trans mass people that I really love and are uh, dear friends and spouses of mine um and I 
think there's this way that like we rally around each other's bodies to say like I like I'm going to support you um, with what you need like monetarily uh, physically if when you're getting surgery I'm gonna make sure you have food I'm gonna make sure that like you have someone there to help you um, in whatever ways and I felt like it was marathons are also a, a time where like we're celebrating like the feet of someone that someone's body can can do and I thought um yeah, I think that was just a, a beautiful way to say, like, oh, here are, like, one of the two ways that we, like, are celebrating. Or, like, the, one of the two ways that are acceptable to be, like, good job, body. Um, and, yeah, I really love it. Yeah, I mean, everyone has a body. Everyone has a body. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, this... That like that part in particular, right? Is is that um, very clear, clear joy and um, and accomplishment? And I was wondering if your book has mostly received like joy and accomplishment in the past, you know, two years that it's been out, or nearly two years that it's been out. Absolutely, I have received a lot of joyous and grateful meaningful, sincere responses from readers. And that isn't something that you always get as a writer after a book is out in the world, you know, it kind of is released and you don't always know what the reception is. And that was especially difficult having a book come out early in the COVID-19 pandemic. Mm -hmm. I didn't get to do in-person events, um, which is usually, you know, a favorite thing of mine when you launch a book, having a big party, you know, with all your friends and other poets and going to other places to read is a huge point of connection. And so while I didn't have that, I did have a lot of people, you know, reaching out online and specifically like through Instagram and being able to see just people's photos with the book and where they were and, um, just being able to see all the different people who were reading it um, and enjoying it, seeing what poems people were posting and what poems were popular. It was really cool and yeah, allowed me to see people interacting with the book in, in real time. Where's the uh, coolest place you saw someone take this book? Mm. You know, recently I received an email that was a Google alert to a YouTube video. And okay. it was a YouTube video of a school board meeting in New Jersey. And someone was speaking at this meeting, one of the members, I believe of the council um, of this like governing body of the school had publicly made some anti-trans comments and the community was coming out to speak at this meeting. And one of the people there read um, the poem that I just read to to start off, there are trans people here um, to the, the board and everyone there. And that's really cool to see the book literally being used in political spaces um, being used as a tool of resistance um, that's exactly what it's meant to be. And that's, um, it's really good to know that people are, are using it in that way. Yeah. Um, that's really, that's, that's very cool. I also, I really, I, I mean, I, I hate asking this question because, like, I wouldn't ask it if you, if this book <laughs> wasn't um, by you and it wasn't about, you know, it wasn't titled There Are Trans People Here, but, like, what's, like, was it scary, I guess? Was it scary to put out um, a book of this title, a book about, you know, where, where every poem's, like, about being trans or about living um, in this world as a trans person? It really wasn't scary mm -hmm. at all to me. Um, you know, I, it felt similar to any other book that I put out into the world. And 
my work has kind of always had these themes of celebrating queer and trans community and telling stories about my life, um, both joyful and talking about like difficulty and struggles that I've had. So I, I really wasn't fearful of anything um, as far as people receiving the book in a negative way. Um, just your typical like book criticism yeah. <laughs> um, sort of sort of worries whenever you like release, you know, art into the world, there's always folks who are going to be critical, rightfully so. Um, but no, I didn't feel like I was going to be attacked for writing about transness and speaking openly about trans history and trans people and, and talking about us in like all of our shining glory. Yeah, you, you were more concerned about the person who was going to thoughtfully read your poems and then be like, nah, this isn't it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that. Um, if you're just tuning in, I'm speaking with H. Melt, who is the author of There Are Trans People Everywhere. I am your substitute host for the show, Jade Siri Ramos. The show is pre-recorded, so we will not be taking calls during the hour. But as always, you can send uh, the producer, Jade Siri Ramos, that's me also, an email at talk, T-A-L-K, at warfm.org if you have any comments or questions. Uh, H. Melt, can we read another poem? Yes. This is my was my partner's favorite poem, um, City of Trans Liberation. City of Trans Liberation. Where statues of Lou and Sylvia dance in the streets. Where no kids are kicked out or run away from home, where nobody asks for ID or our real names, where everybody has a body they believe in, where we can go outside in the daytime without being harassed, where we are taught to love instead of kill ourselves, where Trans Day of Remembrance celebrates those who died of natural causes, where there are no borders between who we were and who we are becoming. There are uh, so many beautiful lines um, in that poem. I know that Liberation is something that, like, you, in all your work, have thought a lot about. Um, what is, I guess, what is liberation to you? Is it that poem? <laughs> liberation to me is it's wrapped up in so many different possibilities. Um, liberation means being able to have what we need to survive, whether that's housing, healthcare, employment, inclusive, radical education. Um, there's another poem where I talk about trans teachers teaching trans history. Um, it looks like being able to exist without people harassing you or attacking you simply for, you know, enjoying the fresh air outside or going to the beach. It looks like being able to spend time with your friends without, you know, a group of you becoming a target um, simply for like going to the grocery store or at a concert or wherever. It means being able to exist and everyone around you not struggling to survive, um, having the resources and um, time and energy to enjoy life and to experience joy. One thing that Miss Major talked about was, 
you know, her sort of retreat oasis space in Arkansas called House of Gigi, where they have a pool and a jacuzzi and a merry-go-round. And it's a place where especially trans women and black trans women can go and relax, rest, recuperate, breathe, enjoy nature, being outside and take a break from the sort of like realities of, of day-to-day life. Um, and I think that that is an essential part of liberation. Um, it's not just like winning all the things that we're fighting for. It's not just, you know, closing every prison and dismantling every police department. It's also about what we're going to build to care for each other and to create like more sustainable, healthy lives. Um, that's what it, it essentially looks like a healthy community to me. Um, yeah, that's, it's beautiful. Part of um, your book includes just a, um, like a really thoughtful, like really thoughtful questions at the end for for folks to think about, um, and it includes I think the first question and the the afterward is, um, what is liberation for you, or what is liberation? How do we recognize it and how do we practice it? Um, which were the the three big questions that you you say uh, this book is you know supposed to help you think think back on? Um, have you gotten a lot of thoughts about how you include? Um, almost homework in the back of your your book uh, to think about liberation? I think people definitely appreciate the study guide. And it was really important to me to show people how to talk and think and teach the book. Mm -hmm. um, because people don't have a whole lot of practice, especially educators, including trans literature in the classroom and you know it's not just for sort of traditional classroom teachers it's also for teaching artists and um you know for folks folks who are including poetry and art in like their community spaces and it was a way of trying to make sure that people weren't objectifying the work and that people had a guide in terms of how to understand um, and what to focus on in the book, right? Like there's no questions about how I as an individual like have navigated medical treatment, right? There's no questions that are like asking me to prove like <laughs> how I know who I am. The focus is on like, how can this work be adapted to, to show people how to connect to their own legacies, how to tap into their own networks of care around them and how to define freedom for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. So um, just to, cue in the listener a little bit um the the book there are trans people here at the back has a like small study guide um just a taste of what is available for free at the on the hay haymark website um which you who's your collaborator on the study guide again robbia kasim clay thank you robbia for your work <laughs> um and it yeah it, it's a uh, a like you were saying it's it's something for youth and for their parents and for educators um to use to accompany with the poems one thing i also love about this study guide is that you um you include biographies of like you know really important trans people who that who people should just like know have existed and, and have altered the timeline that we are like currently living in um and i was I was sort of wondering, like, who did? How did you decide, or how did how did y'all decide who's who's in the um, whose biography is included? Yeah, I think I wanted to think about 
who were people that after reading this book, there was a lot more information to explore and a lot more resources, whether other books or films and documentaries, um, you know, that people could go and do research, their own research, further research, if they were interested in learning more about these people's lives. Um, yeah, so that's kind of how we figured out who we wanted to prioritize for the study guide. Sorry, I was wrestling papers and I didn't want to keep keep doing that on air. Uh, you also include this timeline, which I, I'm like, I'm not ashamed that I didn't know a lot of the, um, the timeline or like a lot of the events that had happened. But um, instead, I was like, okay, I got to take the shame and turn it into education, right? Um, so the the book, I think, or the the education. The study guide um, includes the 1919 Institute, 1919 Institute for Sexual Science, the 1933 Dash Dashua concentration camp, um, the Dewey Diner sit-in, the attempted Nazi march in Sk uh, Skokie, the uh, 1999 Camp Trans, the 1990 sorry 1994 Camp Trans, 1999-trans Transgender Day of Remembrance and the 2017 Muslim uh, ban at the airport's protest. Um, yeah, all the things on the timeline as well as the biographies that are in the study guide. Yeah, those are all people and places and events that I mention in the book. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, and those are like th those are also um, footnoted, right? Like I c I can basically look at the book and see where that's footnoted or. Yeah, the study guide will um, tell you which poem it references. Um, I love it. So good. So great. Um, can we? Uh, I would love to read another um, poem. I'm going to go. Can we go to the translit one, um, which has a curse word in it? So fun for radio. We're going to bleep out the curse word. Okay. This poem is after a poem by Jimmy Lou Woods. Um, it also has a footnote, which I will read at the end. Translate is BS unless it is written by trans people, unless it is written for trans people. I want translate that breaks linear narrative. I want translate to bash back against the police. I want translate to take up an entire bookshelf in the library. I want translate in every classroom, in every backpack, in every pair of hands on a long commute. I want translate not to be a federal crime. I want translate in prisons to set my brothers, sisters, and siblings free. So there's a footnote on the line, I want translate not to be a federal crime. And the footnote reads, in 2015, Chelsea Manning was facing solitary confinement, partially due to a prohibited property charge related to books and magazines that were confiscated from her cell, including trans author Casey Plett's book, A Safe Girl to Love. When, so you, you, you know, you, you by name in the footnote, um, talk about A Safe Girl to Love. Were there other um, books that for you were those that, that translate that you, um, that, that has, that you have read or you have seen or you have been influenced by um and then what is it like to write something that like it, you know is translate right this is like part of what you're envisioning um is 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 translate yeah there's a whole section of my library that is translate um some some of the recent 
favorites of mine have been the book we both left in pleasure which Oof. is a collection of lou sullivan's diaries mm -hmm. lou i mentioned earlier in the poem city of trans liberation um that book is really incredible and has a lineage of its own um susan Stryker, who sort of writes the introduction forward to that book and is herself um, an incredible trans historian. She wrote the book literally called Transgender History. Um, she's actually the one who in the 90s processed Lou's archival collection. One of the things he did was he founded the GLBT archives at San Francisco Public Library, I believe, and he left his papers and everything to them. And she was able, she was the one to sort through them and to organize them. And, you know, she was one of the first people reading those diaries um, that later turned into this whole book. And I think that's just so magical seeing that lineage, knowing, um, you know, that these stories and these histories are being passed from one trans person to another and throughout the generations. It's just incredible and exactly how it should be. Yeah, we both laughed in pleasure was one of my, I think, I think I read it in, it must have been in 2021, um, but a top high up there is one of my favorite, my favorite books. It's really beautiful. And also um, Wisconsin Connection, uh, there's a large portion of that book takes place in Milwaukee. It does indeed. And there's also Chicago in that yes, book. Yes, also Chicago. So representing for both of us. The Midwest. There's not enough Midwest yes. trans representation, um, including in literature. Mm -hmm. And so anytime I find trans Midwest history, it's very exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to A Public Affair on WORT 89.9 FM Madison. I am your host for the hour, Jada Siri Ramos, and with me is poet H. Melt. They are the author of The Plural, The Burning, and the editor of Subject to Change, Trans Poetry and Conversation. They're joining me today to talk about um, their publication, There Are Trans People Here. Did you? So you said that you the book released... Um, during the pandemic? Was it being written during the pandemic? Are there any like um, books that are, or any poems that are specifically of that time in your in your collection? So I, the pandemic started, I was already in sort of book edits. Um, mm -hmm. So all the poems in the book had been written, but in the summer of 2020, that was really a time when I progressed a lot in getting the book done. Um, I kind of was using that time and this project as a distraction and something to focus on uh -huh. um, during the summer of 2020, especially. And yeah, having an artistic project that I had already written and was in the works um, and just have having something to focus my attention on and to tweak and edit that didn't have to be brand new. Um, that really helped me move forward and help me cope with like the early days of, of the pandemic. Yeah, I was, uh, I was thinking about that and, and I recently found like a note that I'd written that was like, we cert like we made it through like three weeks of social distancing um and just remembering how you know what what a time that was um and then reading your poems um and thinking about how you know a lot of a lot of your poems are about like being together in some sort of way um and so i was thinking about um must have been sort of a little bit lonely to be editing your poems about being together in community and then also maybe like uh, somewhat like maybe th this will this will be again yeah it was definitely bittersweet um luckily i 
attended two writing workshops also during the pandemic that helped introduce me to a ton of other queer and trans writers across the country. Um, both I attended both the Lambda Literary Retreat, which is specifically for queer and trans writers, and then the Tin House Workshop. Um, and, you know, normally they would both be in person. I would have gotten to, you know, travel across the country and spend time with everyone in person. Um, but both the retreats were all virtual and um, it was still incredible <clears throat> getting to spend time with uh, my poetry teachers and getting to meet new poets from all over whose books are all coming out now or have been coming out in the years since. Um, having a space to talk with writers, being in writing workshops, having people, especially people who didn't know me, provide feedback on my work. Again, like writing was a coping mechanism and tool for me. And um, despite not being able to spend time with everyone in person, having, having time and the space with other writers, even virtually, really helped to remind me why I write. And um, the best writing that I produce is always made in community. And um, sometimes people think being a writer is a lonely pursuit, um, which writing definitely can be. Um, but I think at my best, I'm writing and like sharing and editing work with other people and in community and that's what it's really about and that's what brings me the most joy about writing um as we're right winding down we're last couple uh five ten minutes here um i was hoping we could read the last book that i or the last poem that i'd like to get to um which is Prayer for my trans siblings. It's on page 49. Prayer for my trans siblings. Praised are you who remember Leela and Blake, Grayson and Mark, Laylene and Leslie. Praised are you who hold up the trans universe, who agitate and educate, migrate and radiate. Praised are you who shelter us in libraries and nursing homes, locker rooms and train cars, prison cells and hospital beds. Praised are you who clothe us in combat boots and leggings, button-ups and chainmail, leather and pleather, faux fur and sequins. Praised are you who share our joy in naming and renaming, screaming and dreaming, injecting and rejecting. Praised are you who soothe us from the harms we inflict on ourselves and each other. Let us hope for a day when we no longer need to pray for our safety. Thank you. I want to come back to the thing that we started on, um, which is joy and care. Um, and I think my my favorite part of that poem and why I wanted to end on it is I think it it really um, it holds so much duality in your poem. Of, of joy and reality and um, 
and care and um, I, I thought that there was something beautiful about the like seeing each other right like I'm not I'm not I'm not trans I'm not in this community but I could see how that was like you talking to the person who's reading it who is trans um, and is being seen by you in that poem um, and I thought it was a beautiful a beautiful poem I thought your your whole collection was really beautiful and um, I hope you had a lot of joy making it thank you yeah the joy really comes in talking with people about it and talking with people about trans poetry and um, the joy of being trans and the pleasure of being trans and the pleasure of creating a world and sharing space with people who love us and affirm our existence and are, you know, down for fighting alongside us. Mm-hmm. Um. Before we leave, is there anything that people should be, um, is there anything that that we didn't quite get to that you want to make sure people know about you, know about um, the book, know about, I don't know, what's coming next, what, um, that's a horrible question, but, um, (laughs) well, you know, what is, what what do you want to leave people with? Yeah, I would love to remind trans youth that they are loved. And that despite the sort of national rhetoric and messaging um, and just vitriol and hate that is normalized, um, there is a long future ahead and trans futures are possible and imagining them is a really important part of making sure that you get to that future. Um, So as a trans person from the future and also from the past, um, I hope that they will join me and, um, you know, share, share their poems with me and um, just be there to, to share their lives, whether from near or from afar. That is uh, poet H Mount. They are the author of the poetry collection there are trans people here thank you so much for joining me this hour thank you and that's all for a public affair today i have been your host jade isiri ramos i want to thank shali Pittman, the news director here at wort i want to thank the engineer who made the show happen today i want to thank the receptionist and i want to thank all of you for listening You are listening to WORT 89.9 FM Madison. Up next is Letters and Politics. Six foot six above sea level. I grab the mic because I like to take you to another mental level. Low power frequency radio modulation. The big sound from underground, another pirate station. We bring the truth to places truth is never heard before. We bring the sound communication of our tribal war. Dark vision fly by helicopters in the night. Attempt triangulation of our station in the fight. Straight from the base, deep down, low precision. High crime treason, we broadcast in sedition. Like the Wall Street morning, afternoon edition. Commandeering airwaves from unknown positions. Live and direct, we come and never be recorded. With information that would never be reported.